So, Jim, you know we end making chips with our mantra, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Yes, we do. And you know what? If you take too long to be making those chips, you know what happens? You lose money. You lose money. There's no accountability and there's no data. So how do we solve that? Well, I'll tell you what we're doing now that we've converted and we're using ProShop ERP. It's a cloud-based ERP system. So all of our employees, you know, there's kiosks throughout my shop. Everyone has access to the database of the flow of work through our shop. And everyone time tracks against work orders that they're on. Every week, Ryan and I, our operations manager, get together. We look. We say, ah. Jason, he he's not at eighty five percent. He's not at eighty five percent efficiency. He's taking too many smoke he, breaks. He's must he's, be another Jason because I know that's not me. Well, no, I had to use you. I didn't want to throw anybody else under the bus. But at the end of the day, Pro Shop is great because it's hard data and numbers and information that we can look at every week and try and get that efficiency to about 85%, meaning everybody that's clocked into a work order or clocked in has to have 85% of time tracking against a work order. So go to ProShop ERP, set up a demo, and Paul will be happy to talk to you. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Carr. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing a lot better today, as a matter of fact. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And Yeah, it was a scary Halloween, wasn't it? Do you want to get into that already? Yes. Quite frankly, it was a little scary. For me, as you know, you were there, and it was. It was. I, I'm not going to say that you saved my life, but I think I saved you, your life. You pretty much saved my life, and you can tell you could tell the metalworking nation a little bit about what happened, and leave out the gory, gory details. Yeah, so it was Halloween. There was a full moon. <laughs> it was really dark outside, and we just had this aura about us where we just knew something wasn't right. Did you really feel that? No, oh, I'm just okay. making up. Okay, a story. Okay. <laughs> Like I'm writing a book or something. The bottom line, Metalworking Nation, is that on Halloween, we're getting ready to record several episodes. But instead, Jim had to be taken off to the emergency room for, uh, what do you call it? believe it. Gastritis? Yes. Is that when you're gassy? No, that means I have inflammation of the stomach lining wall. Okay. So it was um, a very much a, ho- a making chips Halloween. Yes. And we did not get to record anything. It was because Jim it went to the ER. It wasn't pretty, my manufacturing friends. And just be cognizant about what's going on with your body and react to it quickly before it turns violent. And a lot of this is caused from what we're saying: three things: stress, alcohol. Spicy food, spicy food, aspirin, and aspirin. They can, okay, four anyone things. out there can Google it. And it was a perfect storm for me, as you know, leading to businesses. And, and the metalworking nation may not know, but I have two very unhealthy parents that I'm caring for. That's been a lot of this so year. So you have work stress, and you have I have stress. yes, and both my parents are single, and they both have independent issues that I've been going through with them and they're both really not very healthy and all of that cumulatively um kind of contributed to the delinquency of Jim. So the lesson out there is the lesson is if yes. you're most manufacturing leaders cuz it's a challenging business are stressed out try to limit your stress and I think that we we're planning on talking about this on a future episode too and also if you're stressed don't eat spicy foods take aspirin or drink a lot of alcohol. 
could not agree with you more. And it was a wake-up call for me for sure. And again, for everyone that was there that day, Jason, again, I'm thankful for you. I've told you this more than a few times already. It was scary. I was really really scared. And I thank you for jumping in and helping me when I needed help. I mean, to be quite honest, I thought I was going to have to find a new co-host at one point. (laughs) Did you actually call 911? Yes, of course I called 911. I didn't didn't know if you called or or somebody else. The first thing that you said to me was, you got to take me to the hospital. And I'm like, I'm not taking the hospital because I'm not going to have you die in, your, in the seat in, next to yeah, me. Yeah, I know. And so I called 911 and, and they were able to care Thank for God. you. And, yeah. and they were there quick too. Yeah, exactly. So All is good now. All is good. All is good. I feel great. And lesson learned and just watch yourself and, and take your health seriously. You know, And we're both healthy guys, you know? Yeah, you're in very good shape yeah. and I feel like I'm in good shape too. Yeah. And I think some one of the paramedics or somebody said that if you were not in the good shape that you're in at almost 60 years old, it may have been worse. Right. They did say I recovered a heck of a lot quicker because right. of the fact that I was. So Yeah, you exercise a lot. Yeah. And, you know. and I do watch what I consume. And I think all these things are relevant topics for manufacturing leaders because you need to take care of yourself first before you could take care of your business. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your business. Right. I mean, it's the honest to God truth. So yeah. today's episode, we're going to talk about marketing. And we used to talk about that a lot in previous episodes. And oh, yeah, by, by the way, this is a Jim and Jason Solamente episode. Nice. And there's no cameras around or anything it like that. It well, feels good. Well, because you know, the Making Chips team is trying to produce everything into a YouTube video now. And it's nice to not have the cameras running. It's just you and I, buddy. It is. It is. We're going back to our the grassroots of what the foundation of this podcast was built on. Foundation but is we're, we're going to talk about marketing today because we haven't talked about that in a while. You know, I'm passionate about marketing. You I'm are passionate too. about it. We yeah. own a marketing agency. Right. You know, What's the marketing agency called? Marketing agency. It's called Making Chips oh, Marketing. Okay. Yeah, my bad. It, it is. Okay, sorry. Making Chips 2.0. That's yeah. what we, we have 10 people that we employ in suburban Chicago now that run a, a marketing agency for manufacturers. So this is near and dear to our hearts. It is. And this is also an Ask Making Chips episode, which right. I, I especially love, even though this email from one of our listeners, from somebody from the Metalworking Nation is a little bit older. We, we always encourage listeners out there to email Jim and I, Jim at makingchips.com, Jason at makingchips.com. And, you know, just let us know what's on your mind. If you have a question or if you want, you have a topic that you want us to talk about, we would love to hear from you. Sure. And we're going to address someone during this episode. But before we go there, do you have a manufacturing news? I do. And it's from SIA and it's the Global Advisor on Staffing and Workforce Solutions. And it's dated today, which I think is great. And it says, recession risk lies in manufacturing hours staffing quote of the week. And it says the October 2019 payroll release of 128,000 jobs is less than the revised 180,000 last month. And those who were worrying about the next recession might take that as something more to worry about. So what they're saying is that the signs of a recession are on the number of hours worked? They are. We talk about this all the time, Jason, and the stock market is at like all-time highs. I was just at a dinner last week, actually. It was a week ago Monday, and there were some investment people there, and they said, you know that this economy just keeps chugging along and everyone keeps talking about a recession. And We had a record month last month for both Zengers and Black. That's awesome. That's great. But I mean... I mean, we had some scary months during the summertime, but last month was awesome. You just, you know, you pick up your toolbox and you move on, right? Right. But I think that 
people make decisions based on what the media is telling us to do. Oh, I don't watch the news. Well, I, I do watch the news, but I think that you have to really just digest what you think is real and relevant, and you have to do your own thing. You can't be brainwashed into doing things based on or what the media is. Or a victim of the, the economy. Exactly. I, I, I've talked about this before on Making Chips, but you know, I remember a very pivotal conversation with my dad when we were driving to lunch and... It was during the last recession. I mean, the 2008 recession? Yeah. You know, oh, the, that was awful. The, the bottom line of the conversation, he was like, you know, this is, and my dad, thank goodness for him, he basically took his income down to zero and just tapped into his 401k. I mean, I'm very grateful to him for that. And the conversation that we had was, we got to make this happen and we can't think about the recession. We got to get out there and contact customers, ask them for orders and make something happen out of this instead of just sitting back and just saying, oh, poor me, we're in a recession. Exactly. And I was thinking about this the other day too. You know, a lot of our peers that we engage with on a day-to-day basis, younger peers, maybe my son, Ryan, Nick Golner for one, Mm -hmm. John, my sales manager, most of these people that were, are younger that weren't around in 2008. 2008 was a long time ago, right? They don't have any idea what that actually feels like. They don't really know what a recession is. We haven't had one in 10 years. Mm -hmm. I I only had one one kid back then. Right. I know. you've You've been busy, my friend. But the recession was ugly. That was the ugliest of the ugly. Mm-hmm. And the people that have only been in, out of school for a few years and in the job market have no idea what that felt like. And when I hear that word, my stomach starts to hurt. So That's I think the gastritis. It is the gastritis. Anyway, I think the our manufacturing news, just to, to complete what we're talking about, is the economy is still very strong. The job reports are still very strong. We're just tweaking up and down every month by a tenth of a point. Don't worry about it. Just keep on working hard and don't listen too much to what the media tells us to do. Because what we're going to talk about next is about marketing, marketing for manufacturers, and what we can do to keep that inertia going and to keep all eyes on our companies, right? Because that's what marketing does. Marketing keeps eyes on our companies, right? Yeah, but I, I actually have a little bit of a different perspective on this as okay. well. But we'll, so why we'll don't get you that. tee it up and, and, and tell the Metalworking Nation what we're going to talk about and who asked this question? So I'm going to read an email from Galen Callahan. What is his name? Galen okay. Callahan. He's okay. a good Irish boy like you. I was going to say like me, yeah. So he wrote a rather long email, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to just give paraphrase me the trunk, and, truncated and, and take some lines out of this. But thank you, Galen, for emailing in to jason at makingchips.com. We, why like I why said, did he we send it to you and not me? He, Most people like me better than okay. you. Okay. Well, that's, that's okay. Why. They know I'm busy. They yeah. know I'm a little pent up and a little well, bit stressed at out. At the last IMTS, we did a who do you like better, Jim or Jason? And it was hands down Jason. Of course. I'm glad for you, my friend. You know, <laughs> as you get older, you really don't care. I really don't care either. I'm just joking. <laughs> what did Galen have to say? Galen says, and like I said, I'm going to I'm gonna shorten this up a, a little bit. I have a story to tell, but I want to keep this short. 
I'm 30 years old and starting my own machining business. I've always been fascinated by CNC machines, so a few years ago bought a 1984 Mori vertical mill. It took me a few hours just to figure out how to power it up because at that point I had never even seen a CNC machine in person, nor had any idea how to operate one. Well, first of all, I think that's pretty cool that he just bought this used machine and didn't even really a know how to fire it up. 1984 is pretty yeah, old. That's that 60, is pretty old. But that's 36 know, years old. I know, but Galen, you know what? You got to give him some credit yeah, for just I'll give you some saying, cred, man. Yeah. So very soon I will be jumping into the deep end and committing hard to a new business. So he, he talks a little bit about transitioning from part-time in the business to full-time. So I was extremely nervous and lacking any confidence running a company since that is, of course, much different. Until I discovered making chips, this podcast has been a godsend for me. It has given me so much valuable information. I really don't even know where to start. Well, I don't want to say it was a godsend, but that was your words. And I'm also confident that making chips will be a huge part of my success and have no doubt that if I had not found you, my success will have been tremendously more difficult. So a huge thank you. I hope this at least makes you happy to know how strongly you have impacted and benefited someone's life. Well, we do appreciate that. This is like the kind of thing that really makes it worth it for Jim and I to do these podcasts. It's not like we're doing this for the money. We're doing this because we really do want to see this industry successful. So, you know, when we do that... And Galen, I'm not going to cry because you didn't direct that email towards me. So, but I'll be happy to help you out, my friend. So Jim, you are crying a little bit, but but that's okay. Let me, let me continue on. Every episode I really connect and feel strongly passionate about and agree with so much. It all makes so much sense except one reoccurring genre. What's that? Marketing. I have to say, I don't buy it. Facebook for a machine shop. Why? Oh, so I'm going to keep going, Jim. Slow down. I'm taking don't, notes. I'm Take taking notes, notes you Galen. Don't, you don't have to interject right now. Am I really supposed to believe? Or and it's, well, first of all, he starts insulting Zenger's Facebook page, which I have to agree with him. It kind of sucks, and I haven't updated it probably in years. Did you just say sucks? Yeah, that's not you a swear did. word. I know. Am I really supposed to believe that an aerospace defense or medical procurement officer is going to go on Facebook, Instagram, or even Google to find my shop? I see a big fancy website, archetype, social media, marketing, SEO, and marketing buzzwords and jargon as a total distraction and waste of time Mm -hmm. for an industrial company. Like I said, this is a longer email. And you know what? I I have to say, I appreciate, even though Galen has very strong opinions, Jim and I really like strong opinions, and I do appreciate his candor in in what he wrote, even though I think what's going to come out of this episode is that Jim and I are going to somewhat disagree with him. So, Jim, I'll hand the microphone over to you. you. And and what's your initial reaction? I don't disagree with him. I, I, I appreciate him reaching out to us, but... Hopefully, I can answer his question and anybody else's that so let's talk about thought the, about this. Let's talk about the social media side because that's what he mentions first. Yeah. And then we'll go to the, the, so, the other part. First and foremost, social media is not for everybody. If you don't feel like you belong in that environment, don't push yourself into it because you're going to fail horribly at it, right? Right. There's a lot of people out there whose entire sales channel is built on Instagram. And that's great for them. It is great for them. But you don't have to do that. We all run our businesses differently. And it doesn't matter if you don't like doing admin, don't do it. If you don't like doing social media, don't do it. If you don't like doing marketing, don't do it. But I will tell you why I believe that having a Facebook page, an Instagram account, and a LinkedIn profile is really, really, really important for the overall health and growth of your company. Or just talk specifically about your company in that regard. Do you want to know why? I do, Jim. Okay. Well, Facebook, first and foremost, no, you're right, Galen. I don't think that an aerospace procurement person is going to see a post on Facebook and say, oh, I want to deal with that company. However, you're not creating posts on Facebook, for instance, to 
to attract that person. Facebook is for to promote the culture of your company, to promote new talent, to be attracted to your company. People want to see inside the company. They want to see the people inside that company. They want to see that I just trained John Doe last week on a brand new Mori Seeky machine. Oh, I was or, wondering what John's last name was. No. You just said John Doe. No, it's not John Doe. My, my John is not John Doe. But what I'm saying is Facebook is for the corporate culture to really let people in to see what's going on in your company. And I think it's really important. I just found a new employee based on my LinkedIn posts, a machinist for my company, I hired based on DM messages that were back and forth from him on LinkedIn because he saw me advertising for a new CNC machinist. He went to our car machine and tool forward slash careers page, saw our videos, really liked what he saw. And he started messaging me and I said, come on in. The guy was aligned with our culture and our core values. And I didn't have to go through and interview a gazillion people. I hired him and he's working out fantastic. Social media isn't necessarily for attracting new customers. It's for attracting new talent and to really promote the culture and the values of what you believe in. And maybe their procurement agent might see those things and like it too. I don't know. The only thing is you need to get the message out to people and social media is the most effective way to get the message out to people. And guess what? It doesn't cost anything. It only, it costs your time and maybe a few pictures that you're going to try and post. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I would say if you're, if you're going to do those things, you just have to do them in an, an authentic way. Like you said, Jim, if, if you're not into it, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Find other ways. You know what I mean? Because Hire there are other intern. ways. You could get an intern from a local community college to come in and do that. These young kids are are really swift and they know how to do it. I'm kind of torn on that a little bit because we have... What are you um, torn on? Hiring an intern to do it because like, I think that our making chips Instagram, as much as I think it's good, I think that there's a, a certain inauthenticity of people are part of the metalworking nation and listen to this podcast because it's not like your voice or my voice on that Instagram. It's mm. it's that well, intern do you think that, that we have. Do you think that the celebrities that are on Instagram that are really making Are you trying to splash? compare yourself to a celebrity? No, but I'm people have made had careers on being influencers on Instagram, right? Well, I, I think that I just answer the question yes or no. Have people created brands and ha have created a lot of money and a lot of wealth on just by posting on Instagram. Yeah, of course. Okay. So why can't we as manufacturers use that model and take what we've learned from that and shift it in a way towards our, our companies? You're shaking your head now. No, I'm confused. Okay. So Instagram is another social media platform. It's different than Facebook. It's all about a picture it's all about constantly putting out an image about the brand, right? So you're starting to build a brand by posting pictures of your manufacturing company, by the parts you make, by the people that work within it, by, by things that you're doing. I believe that if you're going to take your first step into that social media marketing platform, you need to be consistent about what you do, have authenticity in what you do, 
and make it meaningful because people don't want to see a bunch of crap every day. Right. There, there has to be some relevant information there, whether it's a short video of making cut into the metal or just sharing maybe some speeds and feeds on how you're cutting that particular metal. That's all a little granular, valuable information that that person is taking from that post. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that that authenticity is is key. Like even as exuberant as he is, our friend Titan Gilroy, you know, I think that there's an authenticity to his Instagram that I think, you know, I think is great. And you and I don't necessarily put the time into the Instagram for making chips that we probably should do like like he does. Right. So let's talk about the Zangers Facebook page. How can I help you with that? We've grown significantly over the years and I just I haven't had the motivation to put my time and effort into that. Why do you have to do it? I don't. And okay. I probably should just hire somebody to do it. Yeah. But I just haven't I haven't done it yet. Yeah. I, I need to just it, it, do it. It is a commitment. I, to be quite honest, from a time and effort standpoint, I, I've I've devoted myself to making chips. And I just feel like I personally don't want to sacrifice that authenticity. And so I haven't put that same effort into Facebook or into Instagram or, or anything like that. But I think I need to change that. I think that once you make that decision that you're going to flip the switch on, that you have to be really consistent with doing it. And that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of that I, I'm just not going, I'm going to, I'm going to do it for a couple of weeks and then I'm just going to stop. Then just pick one platform and then just be consistent with that. I agree. Once a week, that's all you need. Once a day, whatever. You don't need to post like 15,000 times a day. But, you know, Galen also mentioned marketing so in let, general. Let me, let me go, because let me go I, don't, I, I don't want to just talk about Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I let, think, me, let me read the exact quote yeah, again. Go ahead. Um, he says, I see a big fancy website, archetypes, social media, marketing, SEO, and marketing buzzwords and jargon as a total distraction and waste of time for an industrial company. And I think w- once again you're not going to reap the rewards of that right away. And I think from my no, perspective, when you when you make this focus on, on marketing, I don't think it's 100% about how your company is perceived by people out there, but it also helps you to refine your company mm-hmm. and to make your company mm-hmm. better because you're being more thoughtful about, well, what is the jargon that I would put into my pitch in order to get new business. So like I've always been a big fan of Don Miller's story brand marketing. Yeah, I know you have. Which which is a particular type of way to communicate who you are as a company and a way of making sure that you're the right fit for whoever you're going after and also for, you know, closing a sale. And I think that that story brand approach is a very thoughtful way to coming up with your, as Galen calls it, buzzwords and jargon. But I see that as a good thing because I've got almost 50 people that work for my company and all 50 of them should be saying the exact same thing about what we do. And I can guarantee that they're not. Right. And that's my fault. But I think that if I were to really be deliberate about employing, say, that story brand framework, I probably could get them all speaking that same language. And I think that's one of the things that marketing does is it really helps you to refine and prune who you are as a company or chip away the edges so that you're going to be better in the long run. Yeah. Here's my 30,000 feet on marketing. So what I've decided has been impactful to me and my success through the years is I, I really wanted to be different. I didn't want to be the average 
Joe machine shop that looks like everybody else, that acts like everybody else. So I've deliberately tried to make myself look different than a typical machine shop. My sales manager, John, says we look and act like a West Coast company in the Midwest. And I kind of believe that too, because we are a little slicker and I've invested a lot of dollars into my marketing and to really put the focus, the headlights on our differences. Because I think that if you showcase your differences, people are attracted to you. And then you're going to make more money because you're dealing with clients who are more aligned with who you are as a company. Right. Because you're not wasting your your time or a potential client's time who's just simply not a yeah. good fit for Let's you. Let's face it, Galen, and, and anybody else out there that's listening, there's thousands of machine shops across this country. Anybody can go find somebody to make a part. You have to differentiate yourself from all of those competitors by doing something different that's going to be really resonate with that buyer, with that engineer, with that procurement person. And once that person feels who you are and is attracted to you and likes that feeling they get when they do business with you, the way you communicate, the way you email, the way you look, the way you... I don't know what that is. You have to decide that for yourself. Well, and, and I would say, okay, so to put it in, in terms of making chips, the little intro that we have for making chips that we say at the beginning of every single episode. We believe that manufacturing is challenging. Yeah, that's it a is. marketing message. I mean, to be quite honest to the Metalworking Nation, I wrote that specifically within that story brand framework because it's a marketing message. And I wanted to frame the podcast in a way that would resonate with the right person to listen to making chips. Right. And I think that that same concept is is also very relevant for the manufacturing leaders out there who are trying to communicate the message of their company. Like Galen's company is going to be different than, I remember the one gentleman that we interviewed out on the West Coast who who does a lot of like machine shop work, but it's it's very different. He doesn't have CNC machines. He does a lot of manual work. He does a lot of like big structural work. And his message that he's going to put out to the industry is going to be different from, say, your message. 100%. And your right. marketing helps you to refine that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So find a good marketing agency. Become authentic with them, share with them what your desires are, share with them your authenticities, share with them what differentiates you from everybody else, and just exploit that difference because that's when people are going to start becoming attracted to you. If you look and act like everybody else, you're just going to be a, a commodity. Husband. You're going to be a commodity. And I sure as heck don't want to be a be commodity. commodity either. I want to deal with people that respect me and want to work with me for all of the reasons why I want to be in business. Yeah. And if you're not a marketing person, you don't want to spend a lot of time with it. I would agree with Jim. Like one of two things you could do is either one, hire a marketing company to help you or B, just spend a little bit of time on it. Say, I'm going to spend one hour a week on marketing my company. And the first thing that I might do is just to refine who I am. And that'll, that'll just help you to become a better company. You bet. So to wrap this up again, I just want to say, if social media is not your gig, don't force yourself to do it. Hire somebody, but 
definitely do think about how you differentiate yourself. You want to tell the uh, Metalworking Nation what they need to do to listen to us or if they have any other questions like, this was a great Well, I would say we, we thrive question. on feedback. So we do. I would say that the best thing that the Metalworking Nation could do is either to email us or to make a comment on iTunes about the podcast and, of course, give us five stars right. and give us some ideas of, of what is challenging you so that we can address it on this show. And we're going to get a lot more technical in our future episodes, too. We're going to start talking about manufacturing and we're going to do, start doing some deep dives and getting, Uh-oh. getting technical. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's what I, I want to start talking technical. I want to start talking about getting that end mill into the metal and because... At the end of the day, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Jim, I know that you're busy and you're offloading some jobs to Zometry, which Zometry is a manufacturing as a service platform. Yes, we are busy. Yes, I I am unloading work to Zometry. And yes, they are a mass So we typically think of these platforms as just these nameless, faceless websites, but manufacturing is different. Manufacturing is challenging, and things don't always go as planned all of the time. And if you couldn't interact with a person, I don't think one of these platforms would work that well. You know, you're going to have issues or errors that that need to be resolved or some kind of engineering support. Have you ever had to contact Zometry to get them to intervene in a job? All the time. We, we live in a faceless world right now, right? It's, it's all emails and text messages and voicemails. No one's talking. No one's communicating. And yes, Zometry is not like that at all. During one of the orders that I had placed with Zometry, we ran into a problem. And, you know, much like things happen at Car Machine and Tool, things happened with the manufacturing process at Zometry, and we had an issue. So what'd you do? Well, you know, as a matter of fact, let, let me call Peter the COO of Zometry, and maybe he and I can explain to the metalworking nation just how they satisfied me. So call him up. Will do. Hello? Hey, Peter. It's Jim Carr from Car Machine and Tool and Making Chips. And I just want to tell you, you're live on the Making Chips podcast this morning with Jason Zanger and I. Welcome to the show. I I, I hate to get you at the last minute, but Jason and I were talking about Zometry and I said, I'm going to give my good friend Peter a quick call to kind of bring him into this conversation. Do you mind? Uh, No problem. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jason. Peter, I just want to introduce you to the Metalworking Nation. Peter Gogan is the COO of Zometry. They are a manufacturing as a solution platform. And I use Zometry at Car Machine and Tool when we're overtasked with deliveries or there might be that particular part in a quote package that I don't have capacity to do like sheet metal fabrication or in this case that we're going to talk about is 5-axis. I just recently had a, a new customer that had a 5-axis piece part in the machining package that I could not do, so I outsourced it to Zometry. Remember that job, Peter? Uh, I certainly do, Jim. We, uh, yeah. we, we had our challenges, but we pulled it together. And you know what, Peter? You're absolutely right. Manufacturing is challenging. Jason and I say that on the show all the time. But you know what? 
At the end of the day, I just want to commend you and your team. You really did step up and you humanized the buying experience more than probably any other platformed manufacturing company that I know of. But I just want to break it down a little bit and tell the metalworking nation what happened. So I got this new job, high profile, new customer. There was a 5X's part. I could not manufacture it in my shop. I had a relationship with Zometry. I said, hey, you guys do it, but the delivery's got to be here. One of your customer engineers sent me an email and said, guess what? We're not going to make the delivery. There's this, and that happens all the time in my world, and especially a car machining tool. Not all the time, but you know, occasionally things happen because manufacturing is a hands-on, what do you call it, Peter? Oh, it's a hands-on business that requires, as you said, that human touch because things do happen. It's an invention. You know, every custom part we make hasn't been made before most of the time. And so what we do is we we pull ourselves together with our cross-functional teams. We figure out what the problem is. We talk about it. We find solutions. We prioritize. And at the end of the day, like we did that time, Jim, we found a way to get what the customer really, really needed. And then we can always come behind and clean up the loose ends if we need to. But I think when we collaborate which we can do with our group of engineers, we can find great things. And and you did it brilliantly. And what do you know? I went back to my customer. They were able to give me a day or two more, which really helped you. We jumped on a Google Hangout with your entire team. I believe there was four of you and your team and myself, and we all participated in a collaborative solution to get this job to me on the time so I could get it to my customer on the West Coast and make him happy too. And it was really good. And and that's what it's really all about. It's all about the customer service experience. It's not just about price and delivery. It's about making things really happen. Yeah. And, and you know, Jim, if I can just say, our engineers, they love working with their customers and making their dreams come true because so many times these are inventions or these are problems that need to be solved. And our engineers really get excited about understanding what the application is and, and how can we make it happen. And because of that passion, we get pretty creative. And when we collaborate between our manufacturing partners, you, the customer, and your end customer, we always tend to find a way. And that gets our engineers really juiced up. You know, they're excited about what they're doing. We talk about this digital platform, and that's all great. And we love the fact that we have this automated quoting process and automatic sourcing process with our partners. But at the end of the day, the people are the, the glue that make it all happen. 100%. And lastly, Peter, before we go, because I know you're a busy man and I want to be respectful of your time, share with the Metalworking Nation what you told me earlier about what you were doing at 12.30 a.m. last night. (laughs) uh, uh, Quite funny. You know, we have a lot of customers that are doing crazy things. And one of our customers was bringing a brand new car to the market, a brand new car company. And we're getting literally complete panels made. And... We've had some issues, and at 12.30 at night, we're still brainstorming on how to achieve the logistics strategy that would make this this delivery happen just on time. And that was after working our way through a number of complex features that, quite frankly, other manufacturing companies were saying we can't do. But we were lucky in that we had 
people that do sheet metal, people that do CNC, people that do additive. And so we were able to bring that combination of technologies in a unique way to the customer. But most importantly, it was our people at midnight saying, we're not going to let you down, right? Great story. Great story. Because at the end of the day, we all have to satisfy the customer because they're the ones that are going to make us successful. But Peter, thank you so much for taking my call this morning, and I, I really appreciate it. And continued success to you, Adzometry, and Zometry itself. I know there's a lot of good things in the future that are coming. I look forward to working with you and partnering with you in the manufacturing process with Car Machine and Tool in the very near future. Well, Jim, we're always here for you. Call anytime. Will do. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips Podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.